Antifa is the new KKK. Mr. Reagan. At this point, just about everybody will have heard about Andy No, the reporter who was violently attacked by Antifa in Portland. Yo, yo! This pisses me off. Firstly, it pisses me off because degenerate protesters should not be beating up journalists. I don't care what political side you take or how much you hate reporters, you really shouldn't be violently attacking them. Funnily enough, he's not even a true conservative. He's a moderate. He's, at best, slightly right of center. But what pisses me off most of all, what makes this uniquely personal for me as a fellow conservative, is that this happened in my home state. This is where I'm from. This Antifa scum has contaminated the place where I grew up. And let's put this in perspective. Andy No is not some typical white Christian Republican guy. Andy No is gay. Andy No is atheist. Andy No is the child of Vietnamese immigrants. The group that attacked him is Antifa, yes. But more specifically, they are Rose City Antifa, a particularly detestable branch of Antifa. These people, according to their website, are radicalized, violent communists. Nevertheless, they claim to want to protect gays and minorities from us evil conservatives. Let me read you something directly from the Rose City Antifa website. Most of it is about how they're opposed to fascism and fascists and Christians and what they call, quote, the radical right. Uh, But in one section where they are specifically describing their enemies, they write the following. We want to unveil the underlying racist, sexist, homophobic agenda beneath the pleasant veneer. Andy No is everything that Antifa claims to want to protect, and yet they physically attacked him, put him in the hospital, perhaps caused lasting damage. Why? Because they're trying to protect minorities, because they're trying to protect the LGBT community from the evil conservatives. So they've hospitalized a gay minority in order to protect gay minorities. We might not be dealing with geniuses here. Those who are initiating these gatherings, those who are calling for violence, they need to be arrested. These people are guilty of exactly what they pretend to fear from conservatives. They're inciting violence. The excuse is that they are stopping fascists from inciting violence by using dangerous language. But their entire mission is to use violence to stop conservatives. That's like saying, I'm afraid my neighbor might burn down his house, so I'm going to burn down his house to stop him from burning down his house. It's insanity. It's the kind of hypocrisy that you only see from the left. So if these people are truly inciting violence, why aren't they being arrested? Why has Antifa not been shut down? Because the government of Portland, Oregon has enacted a non-engagement policy. No joke. And that's where the blame lies in this situation. It is on the shoulders of Ted Wheeler, the mayor of Portland. Now, I'm going to make the case that the mayor doesn't actually want to stop Antifa and that he's sympathetic to Antifa. I'm going to make the case that perhaps he even likes Antifa. All right, now before I go into my deep dive analysis, I'd like you to once again consider being an angel investor. This is not a bad idea. As I said before, I am seriously considering doing this myself. Here's the line from the company. Imagine if you'd received a personal invitation to invest $50 in Uber when it was a startup. On IPO day, you could have made $248,250. 
That same $50 invested in Amazon before it IPO'd could have made you over $7 million. Mike Marcula was Apple's first angel investor. On IPO day, his windfall was already 220,552%. But that was when Apple was only worth $1.8 billion. <laughs> Think about how much Marcula's net worth grew as Apple blazed a path to becoming the first $1 trillion company in U.S. history. And without him, iPhones, Apple Watches, iPads, and other devices that we use every day might never have been invented. Look at the surprising returns from these popular startup companies. One earned 583,264% return on investment. So what would you rather be, an angel investor or an IPO investor? The choice is clear as day. How would you feel if you get in on the ground floor of the hottest startups this year that everybody's fighting over? Fortunately, Shark Tank's Robert Herjavec and his team of ultra-successful angel investors are here to help deliver angel deals delivered to you on a silver platter. Watch the free video at GetAngelRich.com or click on the link in the description and see how you can participate in these lucrative deals before they hit the mainstream markets. That's GetAngelRich.com. Let's get a sense of the mayor, Ted Wheeler's, character. All of us have biases. And that those biases come into play with law enforcement officers who have to make split decisions about use of force as well as broader decisions about who do they choose to go after, who do they not choose to go after. But in that moment where they are deciding whether or not to pull a gun or not pull a gun, bias comes into play. White police officers have to understand that they have in their minds whether they think they do or they don't. It's there. Okay, so basically Ted Wheeler is uh, saying here that police are racist. You're right. Let me show you the chief of police here in Portland. Clearly a white supremacist. Let's look at the president of the Portland Police Union. Again, clearly a white supremacist. Okay, okay, okay. I know what you, you might be saying. I mischaracterized the mayor's statement. And that's true. I did. So, so let's be honest about it. He wasn't saying that all cops are racists, just the white ones. This spineless weasel of a mayor is actually saying that white cops in Portland are all racist. He's not saying maybe some are racist. He's actually saying that all white cops are racist. And if you think I'm mistaken, listen to this. This is the mayor's policy director, Deanne Wesson Mitchell. I've come to understand that most white people think that the dominant culture in America is just normal. So that is a big part of what the white male school diversity partner training is about, is getting white men to see how they as white people, as men, as heterosexuals, are imposing their expectations of what is normal on other people and how to not do that, how to listen better, how to understand that difference is okay and appreciate that. Portland, as you know, is a very white city and people don't like to talk about race. They don't want to admit that there are institutional issues and structural issues and that you don't have to be a bad person to be a racist. Raising awareness and understanding about the institutional level that you can recognize that, oh, there is white privilege My life has been different because of the color of my skin, and it's okay for me to talk about that. This woman is a straight-up racist and a legitimate sexist. She's pretty much the perfect illustration of everything we complain about when we're talking about leftists. This is the mayor of Portland's policy director. The mayor pretends to care about stopping Antifa, uses a lot of tough language. 
but he never actually does anything. <laughs> you know, I've never actually heard anyone say violence is unacceptable more often than Mayor Ted Wheeler. Violence to, to a political end is never acceptable in the city of Portland. That is unacceptable. It's not acceptable. Violence is not acceptable. From my perspective, they were completely unacceptable. The irony is that Mayor Ted Wheeler has done literally nothing to curtail the escalation of Antifa violence in Portland. And it, it really is his responsibility, 100%. Keep in mind, and, and this is a very odd thing about Portland, keep in mind that the mayor of Portland is also the acting police commissioner. That's one of those, those oddities, I guess, that, that keeps Portland weird or something. I don't know. But he is the police commissioner. So when you see him on the news stating that he's not calling the shots for, for what the police are doing in Portland, he's flat out lying. He is the police commissioner. The buck stops with him. At one point, Antifa had set up a protest camp around an ICE facility up there in Portland. Once again, Ted Wheeler refused to do anything. This is now day five of the tent city, and it is growing outside the Immigration and Customs Enforcement Office, which is right off Southwest McAdam. There are hundreds of people out there, and they have now forced the temporary location there to shut down. Portland police continue to keep their distance from the campers on city property. The mayor saying it's for the federal government to handle. It's their issue and their building. A 21-year-old woman running her family's food truck shot this video. It shows what appear to be Occupy ICE protesters in southwest Portland yelling at her through a bullhorn. They were mad, she says, because she and a customer had laughed and they claimed that was proof that she didn't support their cause of abolishing immigration and customs enforcement. And the family says it got worse after that. Threats, intimidation, telling customers to stay away. That's their story. In fact, it's now so bad, this truck right here, whose profits go to help the homeless, is closing up shop for good. Scott and Julie Hakes are business people. They're giving people. But first and foremost, their parents. Her safety is our number one concern. And after watching video after video of what appear to be Occupy ICE protesters stationed across the street yelling at their 21-year-old daughter, mocking her, and they say threatening her, they've had enough. So they're closing the Happy Camper food and coffee bar for good, a truck they've used to raise money for the homeless. No matter how much we want to help people, family comes first. You're taking part, you're putting blood on your hands right now. The Hicks say it started days into Occupy ICE's now five-week run when a protester heard in this video spotted their daughter Brianna laughing with a customer. The antagonizer screams out, gets on the blowhorn and starts screaming that my daughter is laughing at them, trying to make a mockery of them. When Brianna sold an ICE officer food, Scott Hicks says backlash escalated. If they catch her outside the cart, they're going to hurt her. Uh, they're constantly cussing at her and screaming at her. We had 20 individuals, 10 to 20 individuals, rush the cart with customers to intimidate them to where they didn't want to come back. The Hicks's claims mark another chapter in this protest's eventful run. Occupy ICE shut down the Immigration and Customs Enforcement Building in southwest Portland for days. Mayor Ted Wheeler has said he supports the cause and he's directed Portland police to steer clear of controlling the protest. I'm not sure it's the best strategy for the Portland police to engage as the enforcers of access to a federal facility. That's what the federal police are for. Mayor Ted Wheeler has had countless opportunities to put into place sensible legislation to squash the violence and disruption caused by Antifa. But time after time, 
Antifa stops traffic, stages unlicensed protests, vandalizes property, harasses innocent people, and violently attacks people. And just about every time, it seems like the police do nothing. You know, how difficult would it be to get some young-looking undercover cops to infiltrate Antifa, find out who these guys are, investigate them, and arrest them? These Antifa thugs are planning and executing acts of violence on a consistent basis. Or you know what? If you're too inept to carry out that simple plan, let's take it down a notch. How about this? How about just if people are protesting without a license, enforce the law, arrest them, disperse them. Or or let's take it down even another notch. How about you just arrest them when they start causing a public disturbance, like stopping traffic or damaging property or harassing people or violently assaulting people? There have been several accounts by police stating that Wheeler himself has advocated a hands-off approach to Antifa. Many of you probably remember the incident in October 2018 in which Antifa was blocking traffic and then attacked an elderly man in his car. Oh, can I? We'll shut the f*** up! Search car trip! Dumb bitch! Just go that way. Because I told you to. Really? Mm-hmm. Don't hurt me. Yeah, brother. Just go yeah, you little white little f***. Really? No. Yeah. You're a f***ing white little whitey, aren't you? The First Amendment, get the f*** down the road. Please just keep going the direction. Just please turn right please for f- the direction I asked Please, you're blocking traffic and they're getting busy. Oh, we're blocking traffic. You can turn. Ask me if I give a f***. I was talking to him, not you. Thank you very much. Well, they're blocking traffic. Absolutely nothing. You can actually see a police officer here doing nothing. And then the mayor posted this tweet. I support the decisions of the Portland police. Okay, so when Antifa are blocking traffic and harassing people and attacking senior citizens and the police do nothing, you support that decision. Well, if you support that decision, then that means that's your decision because you're the freaking police commissioner. You can't support a decision that falls squarely on your shoulders. The wording here is, of course, intentional. The the mayor is constantly trying to sidestep any blame for police inaction. But unless you actively condemn the police's lack of intervention, and you explain that this is a direct contradiction of your orders, or you condemn such an inaction as a dereliction of duty, and especially when you support it in tweets like this, well, then it's pretty clear that you are solely responsible for the stand-down strategy of the police. There is one officer who is willing to speak out about what the mayor is doing. His name is Daryl Turner, and he is the president of the Portland Police Union. I showed you his picture earlier. After the attack on Andy No, Daryl wrote this to KATU Channel 2 News in Portland. Right now, our hands are tied. It's time for our mayor to remove the handcuffs from our officers and let them stop the violence through strong and swift enforcement action. Enough is enough. But this light touch with Antifa isn't only the mayor's fault. Apparently, the Portland legislature is insane as well. This is, again, Daryl Turner. 
They're, they're anti-police. Uh, we believe that. The head of the Portland Police Officers Union, Daryl Turner, blames the mayor and many of the other commissioners for hurting efforts to recruit and retain police officers. That has made a huge impact on our ability to recruit uh, new people because they'll go other places. Some council members have even suggested the city have fewer, not more officers. I also believe that the continued problem with Antifa in Portland is the fault of Danielle Outlaw, Portland's police chief. Yes, her name is Outlaw. However, Danielle Outlaw was hired by the mayor. So yeah, everything that she does wrong is ultimately his fault as well. But let's look into this outlaw woman. Danielle Outlaw was hired out of a police station in California. Apparently, there were no qualified officers in Portland who could have taken the position of police chief at the time. I'm sure all the guys in the Portland police force just love her. But not only were there no police officers in Portland that were better than her, apparently, there were no men at all throughout the entire country who were better qualified than this woman. This woman, Danielle Outlaw, out of every applicant throughout the entire United States of America, this woman was the best possible police chief. Yeah, I don't think so. I think that she was what is generally referred to as an affirmative action hire, a diversity hire. She is black. She's a woman. For leftists, you don't get much better than that unless she's also a lesbian. Hiring Outlaw was simply a chance for the mayor to virtue signal to his leftist buddies that he is a broad-minded, straight white male. And remember, he thinks all white cops are racist. And his policy advisor thinks that all white male cops are racist and sexist. So yeah, I guess that was the only way to get a good, non-racist person in the position, right? But to understand why Danielle Outlaw is such a terrible police chief, I want you to watch this TEDx talk that she did. Watch watch this. You'll you'll get a good sense of what her style of policing is. Yes, I'm a woman. Yes. I'm 41 and a half years old. Yes, I'm African American. Yes, I am the chief of a major metropolitan city. Yes. I'm from Oakland, California. <laughs> and yes, my last name is Outlaw. Right. I'm here to talk about the road to reconciliation, not just here in Portland, but in the nation. Portland's police bureau and police agencies all around the nation and all around the world can do this by adhering to what's known in law enforcement circles today as 21st century policing. Our officers should be visible, known, accessible. I mean, if you don't get out of your car and talk to people, how do they even know who you are, right? My ideal state is not that we've established trust and legitimacy, and that's it. But that 21st century principles are not just the guiding principles of my bureau, but every department everywhere in the country and in the world, and where communities of color, the houseless, and those with mental illness are no longer terrified of the police. <laughs> police and the community have to have a relationship. Otherwise, we'll remain at the same crossroads. And history will continue to repeat itself. 
This isn't just about black history or Portland's history. This is our history. But resolution and reconciliation are going to, they're not going to happen the regular way that we expect it to. It's going to happen in unusual ways, unusual conversations, difficult conversations, and partnerships. And those partnerships will be between our police departments and disenfranchised communities. So let's implement them and move forward here and everywhere so we can earn your trust and our authority. Thank you. Danielle Outlaw subscribes to something she calls 21st century policing. This is, of course, a reaction to the Black Lives Matter movement and the myth that police disproportionately target, shoot, and kill unarmed black men. What she basically thinks is that the police should be friendlier with the community, and I can actually get behind that. I'm 100% for that idea. But here's the problem. Gangs are not the community. Criminals are not the community. Antifa is not the community. But Police Chief Outlaw and Mayor Ted Wheeler don't understand this. And this is the point of my video. Ted Wheeler doesn't really want to go after Antifa. But why? Because Ted Wheeler wants to be liked. Ted Wheeler wants to be the cool mayor who's down with the kids. But the problem with that is that these kids aren't good people. They're not the people that you should want to impress. You certainly shouldn't care if they like you. Being a politician means protecting the good people from the bad people. But the problem with Wheeler is he doesn't actually know that Antifa are the bad people. But why? How? How could Wheeler not see that? Because Antifa are leftists. Ted Wheeler is a leftist. Despite the fact that these lunatics are violent degenerates, Ted Wheeler agrees with their political ideas. So he actually doesn't see them as bad. There's this idea, I think, in leftist uh, political circles that leftists need to be protected from the police. It's basically the same thing that police chief Danielle Outlaw was alluding to in her TED Talk. The police are dangerous and society needs to be protected from them, especially groups that the left likes. Radicals, immigrants, black people, etc. Whether or not the people within those groups have committed crimes or not, well, that's irrelevant. These groups need to be protected from the police. And so that's what Mayor Ted Wheeler is doing here. He's protecting his society from the police. But what Ted Wheeler doesn't recognize is that Antifa is not society. Antifa is the thing that you need to protect society from. In fact, it's possible that Ted Wheeler actually sees Antifa as the good guys, like folk heroes. In fact, it's not just possible. I really think that's what Ted Wheeler actually believes. I think that he sympathizes with the idea of Antifa because he too, in fact, it's not just possible. I really think that's what Ted Wheeler actually believes. I think that he sympathizes with the ideas of Antifa because he too shares them. I mean, he has even expressed himself the idea that all white men are racist. That's a pretty standard shouting point of Antifa. You're a now, in defense of Danielle Outlaw, she has actually expressed a desire to ban masks in Portland. And this is a great idea. Except, if the law is passed, you're going to then have to arrest Antifa members who wear masks. And you know they're just going to ignore the new ban. But you should still enact the ban. And then you should subsequently arrest anyone who wears a mask. And you can probably guess what Mayor Ted Wheeler's response to the proposed mask ban was. Yeah, nothing. As usual, he has ignored it. Well, that's it for me. Broadcasting from the greatest country in the world, this has been 
Mr. Reagan. Good night. You know, someone very profoundly once said many years ago that if fascism ever comes to America, it'll come in the name of liberalism. Fascism is private ownership, but total government control and regulation. Well, isn't this the liberal philosophy? The conservative, so-called, is the one that says less government. Get off my back. Get out of my pocket. And let me have more control of my own destiny.